guys, and welcome to another episode of Geeks of the Machine, Once Upon a Time Edition. I'm your host, Jasmine, and today we have Adelaide. Hello, Adelaide. Hi, Jasmine. And today we're talking about Doctor Who Season 5. And see, the fifth season brought us Matt Smith, who is, in my opinion, the most doctory doctor that ever doctored. I originally didn't agree with you until I started rewatching the series, and I will have to agree with you that he is one of the best doctors of the revamped series. He's absolutely, he's got such great little physical acting, he's got great little quirks that go with it. It's its very true to the doctor's character while also being unique to Matt Smith. Exactly. And I, his swagger, his whole... Ugh, everything about this doctor was I lived but the question becomes did I like this doctor because of Matt Smith or did I like him because of his he had the most interactions with River Song and like Rivers and his interactions rubbed off on me I, eh, I don't know like, because I like Matt Smith. He's cool. You know, his whole fish fingers, custard, and bow tie thing. Also, let's talk about his little quirks, okay? What did you think of the fish fingers, the custard, and the bow tie thing? The fish fingers and custard, it's a, it's a good introduction to him. Um, and I think the episode it, overall, um, I'm jumping way ahead of your little schedule there. I'm sorry. Um, it's time travel up discussion. We can do that. Um I think the fish fingers and custard thing, it's a great way to introduce this character. It's a, the whole episode has a lot of little humor like that. And because it just starts off with a new doctor, he's in the middle of his regeneration. We don't know what happened to the other one. It's just suddenly we don't have David Tennant. And a lot of people that love David Tennant were probably like, what is going on right now? At well, least, no, I wasn't at least. No, um, I'm sorry to interject, but no, go ahead. in the previous season, uh, David Tennant died. Because of Donna's father or grandfather, and I do remember like I remember him starting that regeneration. I just didn't realize that was supposed to be the next catalyst into the continued regeneration sequence. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, I'll give them that. <laughs> fine. <laughs> like, and I, this was the moment I knew I couldn't be a doctor because I would have let that old man die. Like, <laughs> like you had your turn. You like you were there. You even told me to leave you. You were good. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. What Joe, about I'm, you? I be a what about you, Adelaide? I I couldn't be a doctor anyway. It involves wanting to take too many people with you for reasons, and I'm like, no, I just I'll travel on my own. Thanks. Well, he needs someone to hold him back. So that and. His uh, little mini series thing has something about needing. Um, he doesn't see the the splendor of the universe anymore. Yes, yeah, so he used to live vicariously through his companions. Um, and this season we meet, a- Amy and Rory. <sighs> okay, now in the previous episode of Do- this Doctor Who season four, I mentioned that. There are no successful relationships in this series, except for Martha. And I have to say, 
Amelia Pond is a horrible girlfriend, wife, etc. She treats Rory awfully. And even on her wedding night, was trying to make out with the doctor. Yeah, that actually really bothered me. The entire time, she's trying to make out with the doctor. She's That was her entire goal. And then they get back, and he's leaving her there. And she immediately... she I mean, that's all she wants to do. She wants to have sex with him. She expects to have sex with him. And she's still trying to. And it's just, come on, Amy. It's your wedding night. Just stop. Like, and what about Rory? Like, Rory. Uh, okay. At a certain point, you gotta say, look, I waited 2,000 years for this. Like, and even if Amy didn't love Rory, the devotion that he had to her should have at least encouraged basic humanity towards him. Like, and not blatantly try to have sex with another guy in front of him. Yeah, I feel like she, the only reason she does that is because she knows he's so devoted that he's not going to do anything about it. And that is not fair. That's absolutely not fair. It's Rose 2.0 with the way she was treating Mickey the entire time. It's worse because at least Mickey didn't wait 2,000 years for her. Like, Mickey was just like a couple years. He got a, a court case, but that was dismissed, I guess. No one really talks about that. But, like, Rory waited through time with like trying to protect her and then like they have this whole big moment where she realizes she loves Rory but she's still trying to have sex with the doctor (sighs) this relationship bothered me and I have to ask you this Adelaide as a person who is actively in a relationship would this be okay no god no (laughs) I will say, though, that Amy and Rory, uh, they're my boyfriend's favorite companions for the Doctor, and um, Matt Smith is his favorite. <laughs> I, uh, I, I personally, they could not, they don't even make my top, what, how many how many seasons of it, including Classic Who, that I've never seen? They are below Classic Who for me. Because they are awful. Rory is, like, his devotion is out of this world. And Amy constantly takes advantage of his devotion to her. Like, I want a Rory so that he can be appreciated. I know, right? Like, everybody, everyone says, you know, treat treat your girlfriend like a goddess. And, you know, let's reverse that and say, you know, treat your boyfriend the same way. Let's not, let's not, like, abandon him or go sleeping around because, you know, you know he's so devoted and loyal. He's not going to do anything. He's not your dog. Even then, treat dog better than that. Also, Rory dies a lot. <laughs> and you would think that would at least breathe some devotion in her. Like his constant death. I really hate the the whole memory loss part of that for the Is it the first one? I don't remember if it's the first one. No, I don't think the memory like cuz he dies in a hallucination. Okay, the the non-dream one, the other one where he dies the- and she's got that like, he, he ceases to exist. He's not actually dead. Right, but that was, um, yeah, you're right. That was the second. That was the time where he actually died. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I can't. It's time travel, and even I can't keep it straight. Hmm. But when Rory dies and is revived based on Amy's dream and her desires or whatever, how did you feel about that? Like, did you, ex- because at that point he was a cyberman. So, 
Did you like it? Did you hate it? What were your thoughts? Wait. Which one? When Rory dies the, the actual first time. Okay. And he's a Cyberman when he returns. Um. I don't know. I felt really weird about him being this. This. What did he call it? Like a plastic clone or something? I can't remember what he called it. It was like sentient plastic. I was like, that's that's creepy. That's that's really creepy. Well, it was funny because my first thought was, well, at least she has a forever condom. Like, Okay, I'll admit that that crossed my mind too, but you think she would have (laughs) noticed at that point? I don't know. I mean, if he feels real, I don't think it matters. Like, if that's the like, because basically he's an exact copy of her Rory. Like, exactly. This isn't the doctor who made a copy of himself and then it's kind of questionable. This is her Rory from her mind. But made of plastic. If the person that you love died, okay, had, because he spent 2,000 years, okay, walking through and had a normal lifespan as far as Amy knows. Because we saw his gravestone and it said that he died at, 80, at 82 years old. So, I, in that scenario, I don't see anything wrong. still think I'd notice the plastic part, but other I, than that, I'll... I see, the thing is, you can make things feel real. Like, even now, we have things that feel like an actual human being. Yeah, I know. You've got things that are, you know, synthetic fur that actually does feel like fur, and some synthetics that mm-hmm. feel softer than that, but... I don't know. I still think I would. I still feel like you'd notice something, but it's also alien technology that vastly surpasses anything we've got now. Mm-hmm. So there's probably that aspect to it. If I'm thinking, you know, modern plastic, modern technology, I would definitely notice something. But alien technology, I don't. You can't really say whether or not, because as far as you know, that doesn't exist. Hmm. So then we have. Patient Zero, which I really, I don't know why I love Patient Zero. And this happened in the first episode where Amy is basically a kid and then we find out that she is a kissogram and all of this other stuff. Did you like Patient Zero? I mean, Prisoner Zero. I love Prisoner Zero. I love the fact that it sets up the entire silence point of it the silence mm-hmm. i love how even then it just it states all of it what's going on i like the little shape-shifting aspect how he has to have people in comas to do it i like how he latches on to certain memories so you've got the do- the guy with the dog and the mild humor that comes out of the guy barking along with the dog because he can't separate which mouth he doesn't know which mouth to use and that comes across with the creepy little children attached to their mom which was very creepy uh, and then you have Amy and the doctor later as well. That was really cool and really well done. Well, and then you also have the um, the crack in time in Amy's wall. And the doctor basically expands it and looks at the big eyeball. And then he goes and looks at the... Um, he comes back and what he thinks is a couple minutes. And it turns out to be years. And it's so funny to me. Because then you see the big eyeballs floating in the sky and like basically a snowflake in space. And you would think that as an eyeball, 
they would need something to protect them from like space itself. Was I the only one thinking that? Okay, I actually paused the episode and turned to my boyfriend and said, whoever designed this spaceship with the eyeball hanging out of the middle of it, it's a floating snowflake that Elsa designed, and they need to be, they need to reconsider <laughs> their design team here. Well, like I said, my, and my problem also was, it's an eyeball, which, okay, sure, it might not be like a human eyeball that we know of, but an eyeball in space doesn't seem like something that makes sense. Because it wasn't covered in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I agree. And, like, do you know how dehydrated that thing would get? <laughs> I couldn't get past it. The eyeball to me was secondary to the giant snowflake that was spinning through the sky. Um, but let's talk the TARDIS. Because we also see the redesigning of the TARDIS. It's a little bit bigger. It's a little more interesting. The center console has changed. It's um, several new things about the TARDIS itself. And I really appreciated that he said, oh, the TARDIS is rebuilding itself because it's damaged, blah, 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 blah. Because it gave them an excuse to redo the inside of the TARDIS like they did his screwdriver. And I think this is the first time that we've seen that. What did you think about this? Adelaide. Okay, you caught out there for a second. I wasn't <laughs> sure if I should continue or not. Um, I, I'm probably unfairly blaming Stephen Moffat for this because I don't like him that much. I like his writing, but I, I'll stop there. But he, um, one of the things I actually really dislike about the Eleventh Doctor is how much everything changes and how much everything gets like a redesign the minute Stephen Moffat takes the helm. And it feels like he's trying to make it... On the one hand, he is making it his, and that's allowed. He's the, he's the new showrunner, and he should be able to. But on the other hand, it's like, he's like, I'm in charge now. Nothing else matters. I'm going to redesign this however I want to do it. And I feel like that was a little extensive. And while the TARDIS did need some cleaning up, and, did, and it is more visually interesting, especially that center console, I just... I don't know how much I like it that he comes in and takes and makes everything his own. It's just like, that's a little too much, man. So basically you feel like Moffat is a stepdad who came in and tried to break, change all of the rules. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's much nicer than the comparison that was in my head. So sure. <laughs> um, but we also get the destruction of the Dr. Screwdriver and a brand new one to replace it. With the little prongs and it's a new, more interesting screwdriver. Which, of course, we knew the screwdriver would get more interesting as time passed on, simply because of River. So how did you feel about seeing this new addition to the screwdriver? I still like the Doctors have their own screwdrivers as their own little calling card. Um, but it also kind of falls under that same little feeling that I have about the TARDIS changing. Not as much as the TARDIS, because that's really... That was more of an iconic change. That was more of a change to an icon than it was. And the screwdriver is an icon as well. It's just the screwdriver seems more personal, where the TARDIS is like it's the TARDIS. Mm, well, like like we um, saw in a previous episode, the TARDIS is is it a previous episode. I'm starting to get it mixed up. But the TARDIS is its own independent thing. It's a person who can basically lose weight, gain weight, 
uh, shed off a few rooms, as the doctor said. It's basically a person in box form. So, I wasn't mad at it. I was actually cool with it. And as far as the screwdriver, I was like, cool, new screwdriver, whatever, next thing. Like I said, I'm pretty sure it's just because I don't like Moffat that much, so <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably hella biased against that. <laughs> so this season we had a lot of returns. The first return was the Darlings, <laughs> and I they were there. It's just I'm I keep trying to care about the Darlings, but I don't. Like I. I I I try to be scared by them. I'm not. Like, I, I I put in effort, and I want to be, but it's just not happening for me. I agree. I feel like, again, they write it in any time. It's any time they need a villain and a major villain, and they don't feel like writing a new one, they throw the dialects in there. And it's just... And each time they're, like, destroyed in mass, they defeat them majorly. And then they have to write in a new little loophole that they survived. And at some point, it's just, please, please stop. Uh, I think the only time I like the resurgence of the dialects is in, like, season seven when um, the new... Spoilers! Spoilers! Sorry. (laughs) So, as far as this whole returning thing goes, we also saw the return of River Song. Who, as we know, I love. I was happy. River is everything to me. And I was excited. And we also saw River meet Amy and everyone else. So how did you feel about River's return? I love River Song. She's one of my favorites. I love her personality. I love how she interacts with the Doctor. I love how she interacts with Amy and Rory. I love how she interacts with everything. And the TARDIS. And how she knows how to drive the TARDIS. And how... She learned, quote, from the best about that. And she's got the sonic screwdriver. And just River's one of my absolute favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she doesn't have a problem with killing it makes her better to me. Oh, yeah. that You need a character like that in a show like this every now and then. Because, and I will say this, and this is going to anger a lot of DC fans, but if Batman actually killed his enemies, they wouldn't keep coming back. <clears throat> Probably a good thing I had my mic muted for that, because I just snorted right into it. (laughs) It's just... uh... Anyway, then we also had the return of the Weeping Angels in the same episode. And as I have said, and I will say again, statues creep me out now. So thank you, Doctor Who. Weeping Angels are my favorite. I I love them. They're creepy, don't get me wrong, but I love them. And I like how they were on, uh, I, I do not remember the name of the planet, and if I did remember the name of the planet, I would probably butcher the name anyway. So, forgive me for not being that, for not being the proper Doctor Who fan and remembering the name. But I like how they have that really slight comment about the statues. Byzantium, that's what it was. Okay, thank you. I don't think I could repeat that anyway, but still. Um, <laughs> They have the the comment about the in the tombs. All the statues have two faces because the people there had two faces. How do you stop a a um, how do you stop a weeping angel? You have to look at it. 
Well, you've, if you've got two faces, one can be watching it. It's like wearing the masks on the back of your head with when you've got uh, in the area where there's tigers that will attack you when you're not looking at them. It's um, It was really well done. And then you have him recognizing which ones are the angels because, wait, those ones do not have two faces and they're slowly rebuilding themselves. They're feeding off this energy. I just, I love the angels. I feel like they come, they are one of the most creative species to come out of Doctor Who. So you don't have the same problem with the angels that you have with the Daleks and Cybermen? Because they are also villains that come up repeatedly throughout the Doctor Who. Yes, but they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the difference. They're awesome, and they're not floating vacuums with plungers. So then we go to Amy's Choice. And basically in this episode, Rory dies in a hallucination. And this was the moment when Amy realized that if she couldn't live with Rory with um in a world that she couldn't live in a world without Rory. So she kills herself and that's how she does the hallucination thing. And Rory I loved Rory basically saying, so you knew it was a hallucination? And she says no. And he's like, Oh, Amy. And this is the moment I thought, maybe, maybe she truly loves him. And will not be disrespectful to their relationship. <sighs> I feel like with this episode, and especially with a lot of the other episodes that really focus on Amy and Rory together, they they conflict a lot with how Amy acts. They have her devotion to him in spades, and her saying, you know, she really does love him, and she really wants to be with him. And, you know, she will choose him over the Doctor, when it counts but when she's not when he's not in immediate danger she's not going to pick him and i think that's the major problem that i have with these two agreed I, uh, and i think that's the major problem that i think people who don't like these two quote-unquote companions have with them she is awful to him at every turn except when like her head's against the wall and she loses him. Then it's like, but I really did love you. Why aren't you chasing after me now? Because you got him killed. That's why. <sighs> and it's just, uh, it bothers me. So, of course, they get married. And after they get married, Amy goes, you know, you are late for my wedding, blah, blah, blah. And she brings the doctor back. And I love the aspect when she was like, Doctor, did I surprise you? And he's like, absolute surprise in his wedding attire. <laughs> I do like that that little ending a lot. That's actually one of my favorite endings. It's one of the ones that I remembered um, coming back to the series and rewatching it. I actually could remember that part. Unlike a lot of the things where I'm coming back and I don't remember episodes, I knew that one was coming and I liked it a lot. So it stayed in my head, which is good and I should praise Moffat, but I'm not gonna. Um, I also loved River in this episode. Because she came in at the end and was like, things are about to change now, my love. You're about to meet me, and I'm sorry. Because everything changes. I truly am sorry. Ugh. Like, that is a love story that I would love to see. Like, the action, like I could have done with way more time with River and the Doctor. 
and I, I constantly feel robbed every time I see, because I've been re-watching her episodes, and it's just like, oh, she is so great. What about you, Adelaide? She really is, and I wonder, actually, it's probably out there, I haven't looked, but maybe I'll check around after. Um, I wonder if anybody's taken her episodes and put them in chronological order and to see where she first meets the doctor and then just continues on because that would actually be really fun to watch her plot line in comparison to his mm-hmm. so then of course they resolve the crack in time uh, did you enjoy the resolution of the crack in time do you I remember guess... what it was or do you want me to go back to it well it was Tim throwing the TARDIS. It was him throwing the, um... I don't remember what the big box thing was. But him using that to create a new Big Bang. The Pandora. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it was him throwing that in there. And I only remember that because I watched it recently. Otherwise, I like the crack in time how it follows them and how it expands, and I like the idea And this is the problem I have with Moffat, and I will repeat this constantly as long as he's the showrunner in these episodes. Um, The problem I have with Moffat is that he writes great plot lines, but he doesn't write good resolutions. And because I have to constantly remember what those resolutions are, they don't stick with me. That's the problem. I I gotta agree. Because I really didn't remember the the sequence of events. I didn't remember that uh, Amy basically was dying in the Pandorica. The only thing I remembered was that Rory waited 2,000 years, and that was only because I felt bad for him. Yeah, and then he gets rewritten like, anyway. Where it that is why happened. I remember that. <sighs> but, yeah, um, they put Amy in the Pandora. They rescued the doctor. The doctor uh, basically dies. And, well... He pretends to die. Let me say it that way, because he didn't actually die. And and River gave up all of her regenerations. No, that wasn't this episode. Ugh. No, you're close though. <laughs> Wait, which season is that one in? Right, like it's once you watch it all together, it starts to run together. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but um, they save the world. Is basically the end of this. Yeah, they will him back into existence via memory. That's the one. Yes, okay, yes. And I literally just said it and I completely forgot about it that quick. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we also met Vincent Van Gogh this season. So how did you feel about them going through history and meeting famous people? Like, we didn't mention the other famous people they met because I really didn't care about them. Hmm. But... Yeah, well, they did the Shakespeare one, which was cool, but... What were the other ones they did? The Agatha Christie. Agatha uh, Christie, that was the other one. They also did Robin Hood, but that's in a later season. Oh, well, I haven't seen that one. I don't remember that one. Um, <laughs> so I probably haven't seen that one at all. Um, See, the... this is why we don't give out spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I stopped myself from being too mean, but um, <laughs> I was going to say I didn't, I either didn't remember, or I either hadn't seen it, or Moffat wrote it. But... <laughs> Um, the, I actually think the Vincent Van Gogh episode is one of the most beautiful episodes that Doctor Who has, and it's 
absolute it's done so well. It's such a great episode. Hmm. I take it that's a no from you? Uh, I don't know. Because like I said, I'm always flipping back and forth. I liked the episode. I find it interesting that he's like a seer or whatever. But I it was interesting in a sense, sure. <laughs> you cut out right when you said that. <laughs> I swear, my internet has the worst timing. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting in a sense, but I wouldn't. It was I didn't remember it before I watched it again. Oh, see that one? I actually I didn't need to rewatch because it was in my head already. Um, that one was really, really, really. I I just really liked how that one turned out. I didn't remember that he was a seer. Granted, before I rewatched it, but. It um, it was one of the ones that has always sort of just stayed with me. Matt Smith's Doctor has a lot of really serious um, topics in his, and that was one of those episodes that had it. Um, and while we're talking about uh, Amy's choice, even though I'm completely going back, we weren't talking about it, but I'm saying we we're talking about it. <laughs> we also met the Dream Lord who was basically a physical manifestation of the darkest parts of the doctor. Did you like this? Eh. (laughs) Eh. I mean, I feel like that was one of those things that Moffat does where he twists it at the last second to make it seem clever. And I was just like, eh, all right, that's another twist that we probably didn't really need. Thanks. Thanks to that. Uh, See, I actually like this one simply because as the doctor said, I've been alive for a very long time. This was feeding off of my darkness. If it was trying to feed off of you two, it would have starved. I picked my companions very well. That's why I like this episode. Because it basically told you that he picks people because of how good they are. And yet, how they treat their significant others is very questionable. <laughs> well, Rory treated his significant other amazing. <laughs> it's just Yes, Rory and Mickey are great. <laughs> And Rick Mickey was questionable because I feel like Mickey really just couldn't find another girlfriend with the murder case hanging over his head. Like, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, when you're accused of murder of your girlfriend, what else are you going to do until she right. shows up and says, I'm not dead, by the way. He's innocent. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that the um, Dream Lord was interesting. And we have to talk about the church. Did you like the church? Because they were in episode five, where we basically saw River and the Weeping Angels. Do I remember the church? They were basic. They were the military. They were the military. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking a. Um, <laughs> I was thinking an actual church building, <laughs> cathedral. There, that was not where where I was supposed to go. Um, I actually really liked that. Um, I thought it was really interesting that they they had this new. They had a military role instead. Um. But, well, I mean, if we're being honest, it makes sense. It makes sense in the evolution because the church always had a hand in the military, even if you look at our past history. Yeah, it does. It um, it did have a hand, and you know, it had a hand in um, in basically leadership everything. too. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's in charge in a way. Um, but it, uh, I really liked that aspect, and I almost feel like, 
Um, Matt Smith's doctor has a lot of moments where they almost bash the church in a way. And maybe, I mean, I know that Matt Smith himself is an atheist. I don't know if Moffat is and thus he writes the lines in, but I know that he, um, I know, I feel like that play that comes in a little bit and you can kind of see that where you've got the characters, um, um, I don't remember their names, which I should have. Oh, Angelo. And then (laughs) Christian was the other one. Um, they're the first to die to the angels and you have the church running from the angels. And I thought that was almost cruel, but I don't really. know, poetic it was in interesting. Because like, it very is remnant of um, supernatural. And most shows where they tie in religion that aren't religious shows usually have the angels as the enemy. So, in that sense, it's very common. It's true. Supernatural really does... It's very similar to Supernatural, now that you've pointed that out. And Supernatural's angels are arguably meaner. Mm, eh, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that point. I, I would say they're definitely meaner. <laughs> but let's move right along to the silence. And this was our first introduction to the silence. At this point, we didn't know what the silence was. We didn't know anything about it. Do you actually remember what the silence is, Adelaide? Are you playing with me, or should should I say no? I don't remember because I'm not looking at one, or what? <laughs> no, I'm I'm asking like if whatever your gen your actual answer was. Oh oh, um, I actually kind of <laughs> like the silence. Um, I do remember the resolution of this one too. I don't think I would have remembered if I hadn't watched it <laughs> recently, <laughs> but I do I like the silence. I was actually looking forward to seeing the episodes with the silence because it's one of those really creative characters that come out of. Uh, that come out of the woodworks of Doctor Who and that's kind of why I like the series so much is because they've got these really creative they they have such creative freedom that they can just make these weird creaturey villain things most of the time they're people in suits yes but they do a really good job with the people in suits and their creativity of like how these different species work and of course we have to talk about the alliance which <laughs> Is the lamest name for a pretty intriguing group of villains. Do you remember the Alliance? That I do not, unfortunately. So that they basically <laughs> they made the Pandora could have concealed the Doctor. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I got it. And it was, I got it. Yeah, it was basically all of his enemies that basically were like, "Yeah, you're the problem." Like well, you I destroy- mean they're not wrong. You destroy? Are they? Because basically, he protects the Earth and. Uh, stops them from killing people at will he tries i feel like some of it is in fact his fault and he defends the i feel like he defends the prey from the predators and i feel like in turn creates bigger predators yes which might be the the problem there (laughs) see i i want to argue with that but i can't but we'll get into that in another uh, episode of this um, but what is something that you want to say about this alliance? Um, I don't know. It was shown so briefly. Um, and it was <laughs> in the middle of one of those resolution things that I don't remember from Moffat so much. Um, Actually, it was in the beginning of the Pandorica. Yeah, well, the Pandorica was part of that resolution that gets no, lost. No, the, the resolution brain. was the um, big thing. That was literally the next episode. The Pandorica was like 
the Pandora where they shoved in um the doctor and then they all ran away. <laughs> Which again is bad villainy because if I'm a villain, I'm making sure that you die. I was just about to say you make sure your enemy is dead. Stop doing otherwise. <laughs> like you don't run away in the middle of your like no. And then they created a box that would keep him alive that he could open with a sonic screwdriver. Wouldn't you make it sonic screwdriver proof? I, at the very least, disarm him. Take away the sonic screwdriver. <sighs> anyway, this is that last episode. Is there anything else that you want to say about this season? Um, I don't think so, other than River's awesome. Yes, River is definitely awesome. And we talked about all of that. So, um, thank you guys for listening to this episode. If you think there's something we missed, feel free to leave it in the comments. Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we are available in multiple social media platforms. Please visit us at overpowerentertainment.com. I am at o- I am at OP Jasmine. You can also tweet us at real OP tweets and Adelaide is at OP Addy. Anything else that you want to add, Adelaide? Uh, Nope. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye!